Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Tuesday, February the 1st, 2022. It is currently 5.58 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. Now, we are going to turn our attention once again to the Bible study exercise for this week, but I have have a feeling, I have a sense, and whenever a pastor, whenever a preacher, whenever a Christian podcaster gets this sense, it's not a good thing, it's a bad thing. I feel that we have reached that kind of a point in this Bible study exercise series that we've we've been working on the book of Genesis is where we we have been. And I and I already knew that a lot of people would look at it and go, well, I already know these stories, I already know these things, and may have a tendency to kind of say, well, I may, I may drop out this week. And I understand that. And then we we got into a very, I think, a super important discussion about a passage in 1 Corinthians. I think that that should have sparked far more a far more discussion than it did. I, I don't. I don't feel like there was really a lot of of discussion. So I'm not going to let that one go. Uh, even though we we dealt with it, I'm not done with it. So I don't know. Probably Sunday, I'm going to do a full blown sermon on that passage because I, I just think it's been so mishandled that we have to discuss it uh, one more time. So I'm I'm not going to let it go. Now sometimes I, I'm I'm a little hard headed. But when I get this feeling that maybe people have dropped out, people are not interested, sometimes I double down because what I, I've discovered is sometimes when people drop out, it, it's they, they're missing what they need because they're choosing what they want. And that's such an important principle in Bible study. Bible study is not about choosing what you want. It's about about what you need. And what you need is every word of scripture because all of it, it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. It is God's word. and But we have a tendency. I know it's very 2022, right? I mean, come on. It's very 2022. You don't have to watch what a network tells you to watch anymore. You just go, I'm going to go to this streaming service and I'm going to go, I'm, oh, I'm going to watch that. You, you can choose what you want. Not only can you choose what you want to watch, you can choose when you want to watch it. You're not you're not bound by anyone's time schedule. You're you you're not bound by anyone's recommendations and you're not bound by what a network says you're going to be watching this season. You have free free choice, right? You can choose whatever you want. Same thing with music. You don't have to listen to now to what the radio tells you to. You can listen to whatever you want on streaming services. And it, look, we are, we are influenced by things. So when it comes to the Bible, there's a tendency sometimes to go, well, I'm not interested in that, so I will just skip it. But sometimes we skip what I think we really need. And I just feel like that we've reached that point in this study where may, I may be losing people, but I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to stop. I'm going to double down because I think we're very important. And another reason I think we're especially this week where we are in the Bible study exercise. We are in a study this week, especially if you look at the Bible study curriculum, where we are dealing with the subject of injustice and justice. And for some weird reason, I feel that many within the church almost, they almost like reject those terms. 
All right, good, good. Uh, I think I think a lot of people have, when they hear justice or injustice, they immediately think of social justice. They think of you know a a social justice warrior. They they think of all of these negative terms that that so has, has been almost hijacked by the culture, right? I think a lot of people just reject because of the culture. And the church will be like, oh, that's that social justice garbage. That's that social justice garbage. And, and, I, and it bothers me. We, we, dealt with a, we dealt a little bit with this in our study of the imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. He, he had a, a section or a chapter dealing with justice. And I felt the same thing that when I got to that chapter, I'm like, okay, this is relevant. This is important. But once again, you can just cut, you can, you can kind of feel the temperature change. You're like, wait a minute. I just, I think I lost a good portion of my audience. And then you look at the numbers and you're like, well, why, why are your Christians like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to talk about justice. I, I just don't care about justice. I, and it's like, wait, no, 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 no. This is so important. This is a very important principle. When the culture takes a concept, takes an idea, that should very much be something that Christians talk about and they take it and turn it into something else. They redefine it. They misuse it. They abuse it. It's not the time for the church to say, we don't want to talk about it and we don't want to study it. It's for us to recapture a biblical understanding of those very topics. To me, we should, Christians should celebrate that the world wants to talk about justice. We should celebrate that there are people in the world, even though it just may be something they do on Twitter or social media, that they care about justice and they want to fight for justice and they want to end the injustice in the world. We should celebrate that because we should say, oh, let's talk. Let's talk about what is justice? What is injustice? Who defines what justice is and isn't? What is the solution to the injustices in the world? What is the reason there is so much injustice in the world? Like we could get into just by asking questions, not even having an argument. Because sooner or later, they've got to, they've got to identify what is just and what isn't just. They got to identify the source by which they make those claims. And then they got to identify the origin for their definition of justice. And then they have to uh, try to identify and explain why there's so much injustice in the world. And then they have to really question, are their methods actually working? And then that can lead them to well, a, a biblical understanding of justice. And, oh, we know who the actual judge is. And, oh, we know the reason why there's so much injustice in the world. To me, it was a, a, a golden opportunity handed to the church. But what I have seen over and over in this subject is that Christians don't respond to it biblically or theologically. They respond to it politically. We don't want to respond to it politically. We want to respond to it biblically and theologically. So we're just going to do a little work, not long, this evening trying to explain what, where, what, what you're supposed to already be working on. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to this subject of justice and injustice and show you where we are in the study this week. But let me just remind you, all right? The first thing I wanted you to do was write down a list of spiritual pitfalls, because if you look at the Bible study curriculum for not only this week, but for the last few weeks and a few weeks to come, every week is about another spiritual pitfall that they identify. They identify the following spiritual pitfalls. Betrayal, temptation, injustice, hard times, bitterness, guilt, grudges. 
Those are the ones that they put down. And so I told you to do something, look up like three verses for each one. Temptation, I told you to look up, I think six, three verses about, you know, before while you're being tempted and how to deal with temptation and three verses about what you do after you've fallen into temptation. Uh, but to, to look up verses for each one of these, maybe I said three, maybe I said five, I can't, it's a number. I always forget numbers, but you can go back and listen. Those are the ones I wanted you to work on. All right. Now I could turn on the microphone and we could go to betrayal, but we're not going to do that. I could go to and talk about temptation, but we did that last week and even a little bit into this week. And we'll be talking about it more uh, coming up soon. We're going to do some more studies uh, on that subject because I just think there's so much misunderstanding. But I want to focus on injustice and justice, as you can probably already tell with my introduction. That's the subject I think we need to really, 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 really understand and talk about and think about. All right, so we're going to be talking about that. Now, remember your memory verses for this week is Genesis 39, 21 and Genesis chapter 40, verse 23. They're in the Bible memory app. Please continue to work on that. But we're going to do a little bit with injustice and we're going to start by going to an example of an injustice in Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39, verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master, what if not what is with me in this house? And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that she hearkened, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto him saying, see, he hath brought, see, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me. And I cried with a loud voice and it came to pass when he had heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until her Lord came home. And she spake to him according to these words saying, the Hebrew servant, which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and and fled out. And it came to pass, When his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After the manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. Now, I want you to just... Again, I I talked about this on Sunday, but I want you to just feel the emotion here. Here, Joseph obeys God. He resists temptation. He doesn't sin. And he is met with a false accusation, basically of an attempted rape. There's no other way to get around it. 
He is accused of that and he is put into prison. That is an injustice. That is a horrible injustice. So here's what I want you to think about this evening and, and maybe even maybe just moving forward through the rest of this week. I want you to think of, of two concepts. I want you, and you can write down a, on a piece of paper, you can write down the word, you can draw a line down the middle of the page and on one side, write down the word injustice and on the other word, write down justice. And I want you to write down some verses about how you should handle injustice when you are the victim of it. What would be the biblical answer to you experiencing injustice? Now, this is important. The culture says when we experience an injustice, we must rise up and do whatever it may be. What does the Bible say we do? And I really want you to really, really, really think this through. What does the Bible tell you to do? The Bible, not not what you think, not what you feel, not what the people in your church say. Know what people in your family say? What would the Bible tell you to do when you face an injustice? And, and, I, and I don't, and I'm not saying this in any way just to be silly or foolish, but does the Bible call you to protest, boycott, burn buildings down, disobey rules? What, what does the Bible tell you to do when you face, and I want you to have the most biblical answer you can have. When you are met with an injustice, what, what are you basically called to do? Now, immediately people will go, well, here's some situations where an unjust thing was occurring and they disobeyed. Okay, first identify exactly what it was and exactly what they did. And then you can't just extrapolate from that that you can do whatever you want. That would be, here's a specific situation. But in most cases, what does the Bible seem to say to do when you face an injustice? What seems to be the biblical model of how to handle an injustice? So I want you to think about how, listen, I want you to think about what you do. So so here, so on this side of injustice, at the very first, I just want you to write down verses that would seem to give you a a direction and how to handle an injustice because you're going to experience an injustice in your life. Trust me, you're going to experience in some way, shape, or form. Now, sometimes you may be, you may do, you may, you may be partially guilty and you make your mistake, no question about it. But then how, there's another part of it where there's some clearly messed up and unjust things that go along with it. How do you handle that? How do you handle that? I think in that situation, you just focus on your wrong and don't focus on the injustice and just accept responsibility and just move on. I think that's all you can do. Repent, accept responsibility and move on if you have anything to do there. But we, we can have a whole discussion about that. But but I think typically, the what, what does the Bible seem to say how to handle the injustice? How do you handle it? I, I talked about this on Sunday. I think first you have to acknowledge God is working in it somehow. And, I, and at the whole story of Joseph, you have to have a God awareness that God somehow is sovereign over the situation and the injustices you're facing, somehow God is involved. So then you have to immediately go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Instead of immediately fighting it or trying to get out of it or resisting it, maybe maybe I've got to see what I'm supposed to do in the midst of it. But that you you can figure it out yourself. I just want you to because it's just. I, I, let me just. I'll just. I'll just be blunt here, and I know this offends a lot of Christians, and they get mad at me. But it just shows you the how much our church, how how much Christianity has been so politically hijacked in 2022. 
a lot of issues surrounding, let's say, COVID, COVID restrictions, those things, many people feel that they're, they're unjust. It's unjust. And then their solutions have, in many cases, to me, not been so biblical. They've been more fleshly, more worldly, more political. The one thing we know is that whatever we face with injustice, we have to respond in a biblical way. What would the Bible tell you to do when you are met with injustice? We know with this, we know we're supposed to love our enemy. We know we're supposed to turn the other cheek. We're supposed to bless those who persecute us. We know we're not supposed to seek vengeance. We know that we are we, that we are to overcome evil with good. Those are all Bible verses. You can go to Romans 12 and the Sermon on the Mount. You can put all of those together, and I think you're going to start getting a pretty good list. I want you to really have that. You need a you need the toolkit because it's almost like. Okay, we've got a winter storm coming this way. And if, if anyone, I know a lot of people listening aren't from Texas, but those of us who live in Texas right now, the big joke going around is, oh no, it's going to happen again. Because last year we got hit with this weird, bizarre, I don't know how long it lasted, cold stretch. And nobody had, everyone lost power, everyone lost water, and we felt like it was the end of the world. So everyone's like right now, everyone's like in panic here. Like, oh, wait, cold weather is coming? What do we do? What do we do? And everybody's running to the grocery store and buying everything because we're afraid. Everybody wants to be prepared. Well, here, here's what you need to be prepared for in this, for this episode, for this study. Injustice. It's going to happen to you. You may not be accused of rape and put into prison, but some kind of wrong, some, someone's going to, to do something to you. Someone's going to, to, to mess you over in some way, shape, or form. It may be in your family. It may be at your job. It, uh, it, it's going to be, yes, as Twyla said, a whole week, uh, we had no power for an entire, for a week. That, 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 that's insane. That's crazy. Like, that's, that's, that's yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm already starting to get nervous and I'm going to start hyperventilating. I can't go a week without power. What in the world? Okay. I, it cannot happen. It cannot happen. Okay. We, we will see. We will see. If we survive the winter apocalypse of 2022, we'll, we'll see. But okay. But back to this. But injustice is going to happen to you. I mean, that's just a fact of life. It's going to happen. And the reason as Christians, we know there's going to be injustice is because we know we live in a fallen world and everyone is sinners. And guess what sinners do? They do things that aren't just. We do injustice. We're good at, we perfected it. It's a part of our sinful nature, all right? So you need verses that would tell you and give you a basic biblical outline. I want you to give a basic biblical outline of how to handle injustice. And I want you to throw, and, and if you have other Christians to talk to, say, well, here's what I think kind of like is, the, the, the key verses on how to handle injustice. How to handle injustice. All right? There you go. All right? So I want you to find verses that would, that would really indicate uh, how to handle injustice. Then I just want you to think long and hard. This is just, I just want you to meditate on this. You may not be the woman falsely accusing a man of rape like happens right there in Genesis 39. You may not be responsible for someone being in prison because of some false accusation. But I want you to really, really think about the last time in a significant way or what you may feel is an insignificant way that you really did not act in a just way. Now, it's gonna, you may not be able to do this first because, because we're gonna move over to the other side of the page in a minute and talk about justice. But I want you to just really try to go, 
man, that really wasn't – that really was uh, kind of an unjust way of acting. I, I didn't really handle that in a just way. I want you to identify that. I just want you to – I want you to create a, a kind of an outline of how to handle injustice when it occurs to you. But I want you to identify how you've carried yourself out in an unjust way. How you – in a sense, you were – you were the ones – victimizing other people with injustice. It's always quick. We're quick at picking up when other people, like it's almost like we have a built-in, you know, uh, a built-in detector. It's like, beep, 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 beep. Injustice is happening to me. Beep, 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 beep. Injustice is happening to me. Beep, 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 beep. But we're not so good. That, that, that detector doesn't work when we are imposing injustice on someone else. It can be, and again, sometimes we'll think of injustice only as something as severe as accusing someone Oh, oh, that happens in Genesis 39. It could be something smaller. I mean, there's some massive injustices going on in, from Genesis 37 to the end of the chapter. I think we can all agree, right? His brothers want to kill him. They sell him into slavery. There's some serious injustices occurring. We got we to take some time to look at our injustices, the, the ones that we've carried out. Now, I don't want you to sit there and beat yourself up over it and just be broken by it, but I want you to at least to just go, yeah, I want you to see it. I want you to at least acknowledge it. Because, because if you can detect it when you're involved in it, right? I think it's, uh, it goes a long, a long way of, of just, I think that, that exercise will be beneficial to you. I think it'll be beneficial to you. All right. So verses that kind of tell you how to handle it when injustice is occurring, just find a couple and I want to see them. I want to see them. All right because I'm just curious what people are going to come up with, right? And then just want you to identify an injustice that you've carried out. The most recent one you can think of, even if it's not something significant, it may be something small. Maybe maybe something you don't, the, the smaller ones are the really the best ones to identify because if you're sensitive to the smaller ways which you've acted in an unjust way, if you're, if you're sensitive to the smaller ways, then that you will be obviously devastated by the bigger ways of which you've acted in an unjust way. So, so learn to be as sensitive as you can to the smaller ways. So then you'll be devastated by the larger way. Maybe the way you've done something to your children or your spouse or anything, anything, all right? Then on the other side, justice. The other side, just right. So the one side, injustice versus that kind of tell you how to handle injustice when it's occurring to you. Then identify uh, something you've done in an unjust way, the most recent, no matter how insignificant you may feel that it is. And then I want you to start thinking about the term justice. I know it's used all kinds of crazy ways in our culture, but it's something we need to talk about. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to identify, uh, identify or I'm going to help you define justice by turning to a Bible dictionary. Here, that's what I'm going to do, all right? Here we go. I have here in front of me the New Illustrated Bible Dictionary. Justice. I want you to really understand this. Here we go. The practice of what is right and just. Justice or judgment in the KJV specifies what is right not only as measured by a code of law, but also by what makes for right relationships as well as harmony and peace. The English term justice has a strong legal flavor, 
But the concept of justice in the Bible goes beyond the law courts to everyday life. So much of our culture focuses on justice almost in a more cultural way, right? That's 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 not just. And, they'll, and, and they will point out some things in culture that could be a lack of justice in them. But in many cases, the people who are quick on Twitter to point out the injustice in the culture can't see the injustice or the lack of justice in their everyday life and how they deal maybe with people on social media, how they deal with their family, their friends, strangers. They don't see it in themselves. We've got, that's why I want you to, to identify injustice in yourself. Because when we start talking about justice, I want you to learn to see justice as an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing. It's not just something for for the courts. They go on to say this. The Bible speaks of doing justice. And they point to Psalm 82.3. Psalm 82.3. So I'm going to grab my my Bible here. Psalm 82.3. I don't know where my, the Bible that I typically, oh, there it is. Like, where's the Bible I teach from? Okay, here we go. I'm like, I I can find things quicker in that Bible. Psalm 82.3. All right, here we go. 82.3. Now listen to this. Going to start in verse 1. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Now we, we could stop right here and ask ourselves a question. Is that instructions for us or is that instruction for a judge? Does it have application to us? Please note, justice here is being referred to justice being done for those who are poor, fatherless, afflicted, and needy. Deliver the poor and needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. So the idea here is that we seek to do justice to those who are weak, who can't do anything for us, who are desperate. Now, what does that look like? How do we do that? How do we, how do we accomplish that? Now, that's, that's, a, that's a big question. And, and every Christian has to, to look into what we can do. How can we, how can we do that? So, so they point to Psalm 82.3. They also point to Proverbs 21.3. Proverbs 21.3, where we read these words. Proverbs 21.3, to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. In other words, God is not looking for you just to run around doing religious things. He wants you to do justice and judgment. It's something you're supposed to be doing. It must be something, it must become an integral part of your life as a Christian. Now, we, we know we're, we're good when we feel that injustice. Sometimes we ignore the fact that we carry out injustice, but we need to start making the concept of justice an integral part of our life and an integral part of our churches. Now, it, it bothers me in some cases because now, now, on one hand, I'm thankful for my church in this sense that even though we're small, this church well, at the very beginning, we had, a, we had one issue. We had one issue. 
Um, and those people left relatively quick because I, I pretty put, put my foot down. But in the history of the church, I've always said, look, if there's someone out there who needs something, right? If we can help them, if we can pay an electric bill, if we can, if we can pay their rent, we will do what we can. Now, we've been taken advantage of big time by people just trying to get things from us. Sometimes it's a little frustrating because you're like, you know, it's almost, this is almost how it feels in our church. Oh, visitors are walking in and everybody's looking around. I wonder what they need. And like literally one, a couple of months ago, maybe maybe it was last year, it was last year at some point, which would be a couple of months ago, but it, it was, I think earlier in the year, someone walked in and they had like a little bag. It may have been uh, even further back. I can't remember. They had a bag and they walked in. It's, it's like in, in the middle of preaching. They sit down. Then, of course, after, you know, the service is over, they just kind of sit there. I go up and say, and greet them. And like, you know, you're the pastor. And they're like, hey, can you help me? And then they open up the bag. And you can tell that in the bag, there's just all, basically, there's all of these bills in the bag. And they pull one out and say, can you, can you pay this? Well, first of all, you're like, okay, you're in a church in the middle of nowhere, Texas. What do you want me to do right now? I said, I'll, I'll write the information down. So I wrote all the information down, took a screenshot of it. Now, there were some major problems. Uh, when, when, when we, I went the next day to try to pay the bill, names didn't match up, addresses didn't match up, something weird was going down. So we didn't actually do anything in that situation because, and I called the number and, and everything was just like, this is sketchy, but we get a lot of that. But for the most part, the church has always understood that I'm going to do everything in my power to help people where we can, because I think that's the just and the right thing to do. It's really messed up that people sometimes takes advantage of us. But that's the whole, to me, turning the other cheek and blessing those who would use us and trying to overcome evil with good. I think that's the kind of the biblical model here. But what really frustrates me is that they come to a small church, not, 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 not the people who mess us over, but the people who really have a need, they come to a little small church in the middle of nowhere where, where we barely have money and then I can, I can honestly tell you that the church right down from my house, the, the church right down the street from where I live in Abilene, and I heard this from people involved in the situation, they spent almost $100,000 just on video cameras for their live streaming. I'm like, they have $100,000 to spend on cameras? And we have people coming to us to pay their electric bill? And we're worried about paying our internet bill. <laughs> okay, like, wait, like, wait, wait, how does this work? But sometimes it's frustrating that that's the way that, that churches will spend hundreds of thousand dollars on just the, the most meaningless things. And they're not doing, they're doing very little to help those who are needy. Now, I, I know at the same time, there's, there's all kinds of, of messed up situations. It just bothers me that we're called to do justice to those who are in need. Now, yes, there are those who will take advantage over us, and we always have to be smart, not just hand cash and try to just pay a bill. And we try to, we have to be smart. That's one of the things we try to do. But sometimes I wish that we had more, that we could help more. I, I sometimes wish we had more money. But then, well, then, then you have to start asking for money and begging for money. And you don't want to, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a catch 22, but it's just the Bible speaks about doing justice to those who are needy, those who are poor. Those, that's the kind of people we, we're, we're supposed to be trying to do what is right. And I think it's interesting. The Bible talks about doing justice, whereas we speak of getting justice. The Bible talks about you doing justice. We talk about, I deserve justice. I deserve, we talk about our rights. 
getting justice. We talk about the injustices done to us. What about us doing what is just? In other words, in the middle of the pandemic, I didn't hear a lot of churches saying, what would be the just and right thing to do? Whereas, but they would quickly point out if they felt that injustice was done to them. And they're like, no, we demand justice. Wait, wait, wait. The Bible talks about us doing just, but we were more worried about getting justice. I know people can say, that's that liberal non, it's not about being liberal. It's about being biblical. Right? It's just, it's, it's, it's very much a, a, a very important point here. Doing justice is to maintain what is right or to set things right. Justice is done when honorable relations are maintained between husbands and wives, parents and children, employees and employ, employer, employers and employees, government and citizens, and human beings and God. Justice refers to neighborliness, neighborliness, if I can say the word, and spirit and action. Kings, rulers, and those in power are to be an instruments of justice, as exemplified by David and Josiah. The prophet Micah declared, he has shown you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Micah 6, 8. The book of Isaiah described God's suffering servant as a description, uh, describes God's suffering servant, a description best fulfilled in Jesus as one whose task as ruler will be to bring justice to the nations, Isaiah 42, 1 through 4. The prophets of the Old Testament were champions of social justice. Oh, no, you can't say that. During those days, justice was often perverted through bribery and favoritism and partiality. Deuteronomy 1.17, Proverbs 17.23. But God's rewards comes to those who practice justice in all their dealings with others. And the words of the prophet Amos, let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Amos 5.24. I want you to consider how important and how, I want, I want you to consider how important justice is to how you live out your Christian life. As a Christian life, justice should be a major part of it. What does that look like? I'm going to look at some scriptures really quick. Just so, just so that I can give you some, some scriptures to consider. All right. Um, I'm going to look at these in a couple of versions here. The first one I'm going to go to is Proverbs since I'm already there. I think we've already looked at this one. Um, let's see here, uh, look at, let's see, verse 15. Yes. Uh, J- uh, Proverbs twenty one fifteen. It is joy to the just to do judgment, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. It is a joy to the just in a sense to do justice. It is a joy to the just to to do justice. When justice is done, they celebrate in it. They rejoice in it. Amos 5.24, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an an ever-flowing stream, which we've just uh, read in the Bible dictionary. And of course, we would have to look at context. By no means am I saying rip these out of context. 
And then Isaiah chapter one, that, that one really jumped out at me. Because if you look at Isaiah chapter one, I think we're going to see that God is a little upset here, right? Look at what he says here. Isaiah chapter one, let's start in verse, where do we want to start here? Um, Let's just start in verse two, Isaiah chapter one, verse two. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know my doth not know doth not know my people doth not consider. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquities, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They're gone away backward. Why should you be stricken any more? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughters of Zion is left a cottage and a vineyard as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers as a besieged city. Except the Lord of hosts have left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom. We should have been like unto Gomorrah. This is some horrible stuff, some really bad situations. Look at verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. He's referring to the leaders of Israel as the leader and rulers of Sodom. And he's referring to the people as the people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and of the fat of fed beasts. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks and of lambs or of goats. No matter how ungodly they were, they kept with their religious pretense. They kept with their little robe of self-righteousness by doing their religious actions. Well, Christians, we may come to church week after week. We may do Bible studies. We may read our Bible. We may listen to Christian podcasts. We may pray. But what, what does it mean beyond that when you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Basically, he's like, I'm tired of your church services. I'm sick of your religious worship. I'm sick of your church services. Just stop it. It's meaningless. It's useless. Just stop it. Those are strong words. Your new moon and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear you. Your hands are full of blood. Hey, when you pray, stop praying. Stop praying. I'm tired of your prayers. I'm tired of your sacrifices. I'm tired of your church services. Wash you, make you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, uh, cease the Lord. And listen, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Another translation states it this way. 
learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. They were going to have a church service, but they weren't doing justice or seeking justice in their own lives and in the lives of other people. They were worried about what they wanted to do. They were worried about what God could do for them. They weren't worried about living out in a just way in regards to other people. I, I, I hate to say it, but I think so much of the church in 2021, 2022, really, I think so much of the church, if you can go all the way back to 2015, I still think that's a massive turning point in the history of Christianity in the United States of America. We became so politicized. We see politi- we see people as our political enemy. We call them names. We mock them. We, we post our little memes. We're rude. We're disrespectful. We're ungodly. We're hateful. And instead of, of, of seeking justice, and trying to handle ourselves in a biblical way. We want our rights. We want justice. We don't want to be the ones who give justice. We want to see what we can do. Like in the pandemic, more people were more worried about what we want to do than what what could possibly be right or beneficial or helpful to others who are in need. It's, It's just been, it's like churches were like, We have to have another church service. We don't care about anybody else. I'm not saying church services aren't important, but church service is supposed to be the thing where we grow spiritually, where we're sensitive and we care about other people and we want to seek justice and good and to help people and to help those who are needy and help those who may be suffering. Uh, yeah, I'm getting a phone call in the middle of a live broadcast. I always love that. All right. Micah 6-8. I was getting ready to try to mute the uh, mic- microphone, but I, I already had the, po- the uh, iPad in my hand. But it'll probably pop, uh, pop back up here in a second. Micah 6-8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That that has to be a part of our Christian lives. Psalm 106.3, blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteous at all times. I'm not going to read anymore. I want you to find it find out verses about justice. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write verses that talk about how to handle injustice. Because the first thing we see in, in Genesis is, well, we see injustice here. Or the first thing we saw in the text that we read tonight in, in Genesis 39, we see Joseph, he's, he's being lied about. He's being falsely accused and he ends up in prison. He ends up in prison. And then when he gets in prison, he gets forgotten even after he, he helps people. But he tries to do justice to those around him. He he will try to do justice to his brothers when they show up in Egypt starving. He tries to do justice. But I want you to just think about how are you to, I want you to have a toolkit of verses about how to to handle injustice because it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. Someone's going to mess you over. Someone's going to mess you over. It's coming, man. If it's not happening right now, maybe it's already happened this week. It's coming soon. It's going to happen. 
right? How do we handle it? And I want you to think of, I want you to identify how you've been unjust to someone, major or small way. I want you to really, really think about that, right? Right? And if you need to look up some more definitions of justice, work on the word a little bit more so that you get a good idea of it. But then I want you to think of justice. I want you to try to identify exactly what it is. See if you can identify. I want you to find some verses that really speak, find some, you know, five or six verses that really speak about justice, really speak about it. And I just want you to think and look for the the very next opportunity where you can demonstrate the concept of justice Anyway, I don't want you to have to, you know, I don't want you to broadcast it. Say, all right, everyone, like if you're in the Discord group, hey, five minutes ago, I showed justice to my kid. I don't want you to have to brag about it, okay? But I want you to just look for an opportunity where you can seek to do what is just and right for someone. Somewhere around, somewhere, you're going to find it. Just say, just be, Lord, give me an opportunity to do justice today. How can I demonstrate justice today? And my family... Maybe it's someone somewhere. How can you demonstrate justice to someone in some way, shape, or form? Someone around you, someone in your family, someone in your church, some, someone who may even live a thousand miles from you, wherever the case may be. How, what can you do today to show you? Every day, seek to do, to carry out some action of justice. Even if it's small. Again, I, I want you to see, I want you to feel the weight of injustice in small ways, and I want you to look, because sometimes we think of only a big way, but I, I, I want you to, to know how to, 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 to carry out justice, even in what would be considered the smallest ways. There you have it. Justice is a biblical concept. It's not, it's not just a, poli- it's not a political thing. It's not a cultural thing. It's, it's a biblical concept. The world has hijacked it. The world has abused it. The world has misused it. The world doesn't even quite understand what they're even talking about. We're the ones who's supposed to be talking about it. And so many times an issue will come up. This is what drives me crazy. You just name an issue in culture, right? And you can listen to people in your church talk about it. And they'll be some, did you see the news and this happened? And you just listen. And you know what I don't hear sometimes? Mercy, justice goodness. I hear politics. And when I hear politics, I know one, that as a pastor, I failed. I didn't do my job. And two, I know those Christians have failed in their own spiritual life because they allowed themselves to be hijacked politically. Just because it's your favorite politician saying something in a cool way at a rally that you think is, oh, look at that. Is it just? Is it merciful? Is it humble? Is it godly? I don't care how much you like them. I don't care how much you like their politics. I don't care how much you like their policies. From a Christian perspective, is it just? Is it right? Is it humble? Is it merciful? Is it gracious? I'm not saying there's never a time to call out a wrong view. Obviously, you know I will do that. But we can't forget these other very important biblical concepts. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Um, yeah, I'm, I just feel like we should stop right there. 
I wanted to at least just do a little work this week on this justice concept. You can look at the uh, Bible study curriculum and see what they have to say in regards to it. But I, I think if you'll just work on justice and injustice and you go read the story in Genesis 39, you're going to see injustice. Boom. I, here's what I think. You're going to see the reality of injustice. Joseph, I mean, we just saw it tonight. He's falsely accused of rape and he ends up in prison. Then you're going to see how he acts in prison. And then you're going to see what, how, once again, I'll make sure you understand this. You may do right. You may do justice and all you may ever receive in return is injustice. That doesn't excuse you to throw out justice to respond in an unjust way. When we are when we are met with injustice, we always respond with justice. When we are re, when we are met with evil, we are to overcome it with good. That's literally Bible. We need to develop a different mindset. All right. I'll stop right there. You can email me. I know every time I say I stop, then I have something I'll say. The reason I'm, I'm really struggling tonight is because I know when I walk out of this building here in the next few minutes, even though I'm ready to go home, I, I know that I'm going to feel bad because I'm going to be sitting at home tomorrow going, well, it's Wednesday and I can't go to church and it's Thursday and I can't go to church. And, and then I know I'm going to be thinking like, well, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? But uh, hopefully I've done something uh, the last two hours to benefit everyone and uh, give you much to think about, all right? Everyone have a great week. Uh, Continue to work on everything that I've given you. I know I've given you a lot to do. And uh, as always, please talk about it in the Discord channel. Thank you, Twyla, for your encouragement, saying that you haven't uh, given up on the study this week. That's good. I just just know that this is not, look, this is not the go-to topic. I know. Let's talk about justice. Like, I, can, I, I know I can announce, hey, next Sunday night, we're going to do a sermon on justice. And people will be like, I think I just came down with a COVID variant. I don't want to be at church, right? I, I, think that's, I think that's what would happen. Because it's not the topic that we just, we feel like that that's some liberal thing. It's almost like some churches and Christians feel like that's just some liberal, nah, that's not. And it's like, no, that's Bible. It's Bible. Don't let the culture Still away from us, what is biblical? Don't, don't let that happen, right? So, um, and I understand that. I mean, it's not the most exciting topic. I understand that. But sometimes what's not exciting is what's needed because sometimes we need that that can be very practical. And I, I, I've done a lot of unjust things in my life. I know that. And uh, all I can do now, I can't fix the injustices of the past. I can acknowledge, confess, and repent. And all I can do now is hope to walk in a way that's just, that's humble, and that's merciful in the sight of an all-holy God moving forward. I will always fall short, but I am thankful that God is merciful and gracious to me. All right, we'll end there. Everyone have a great night. God bless.